Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome to Zanus Radio Show. It's 2.08, exactly 2.08 Eastern Time. So let me just welcome my guest here, I, uh, my, my colleague. I have the former association president for Illinois, Mr. Blair Siajunza. Welcome, sir. Hey, happy Father's Day, Mananoa, and happy, happy Father's, Father's Day. Day to you, too. Yeah, we thank God uh, we're here, and we thank God to those of our finest uh, uh, Zambian women and women in in the world that play, you know, the role fathers, you know. So we thank God for everybody, and uh, hopefully we'll have a nice show. So thank you, thank you. So let's let's say. Hello. 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 
Hello. Hi. Can everybody hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good, good, good. So um, I had uh, Noah introduce the show, and um, I was having some technical issues with my phone. Um, Please pardon me with this. Okay. Yeah, so my name is Irene White. And I am the vice president. I'm the president for the Zambian Association of Chicago, um, and I will be your host today. And I hope I do a good job. I think I heard Blair saying Happy Father's Day. Is it Father's Day? Did I miss something? <laughs> no, that was the old show playing. Sorry, <laughs> my ring. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like Happy Father's Day. I was like getting confused. So who, uh, so who do we have on the show? Do we have uh, Mutintan Clever? Mutintan is online. Okay, Mutintan, you're online. Okay. Thank you so much for coming yeah. in. I know it's very late in Zambia right now. So where are you based in, in Zambia? I'm, I'm based uh, in the southern province in Choma. Oh, cool. Choma is my town. I went to Njafe. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Jasta from 8th grade to 12th grade, so, and um, don't ever gossip in Tonga because I, I know everything. So that's oh, just perfect. something, yeah. You put that in your, yeah, the back of your head. All right, so, um, like I said, welcome to the Blog Talk Radio. So um, we yep. would... We are very, very grateful to have you on the show because this topic that we are about to venture in is a topic that a lot of people here in America are curious about, but they just don't know how to go about it. So bringing you as an expert in this is um, is a very good thing for us. So, you know, not to waste your time, can you tell me about yourself, like where you were born, where you went to school? So we can be familiar with you because before we dive into big questions. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Irene. Um, my name is uh, Mutinta. Mutinta Magandi. Okay. I was born in Lusaka, Zambia. And where did you go to I'm school? I'm Mhm. I went to school. I did my secondary education at Kablonga Boys in Lusaka. I see. And then uh, in uh, 1996, I got my certificate. I moved from there. I I had a stint at Unza for about a week or two. And then uh-huh. I got lucky. I got a scholarship to go to Bradley University in Illinois. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I graduated. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I graduated from Bradley University with a Bachelor in Science in Mechanical Engineering, specializing mm-hmm. in uh, automation and uh, 
uh, agricultural mechanization. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. how did you find Illinois? I'm from Illinois, so I need to ask that question. It's irrelevant to the subject, but how did you find <laughs> Illinois? Moving <laughs> from Zambia to Illinois definitely was a culture shock. <laughs> Not only a culture shock, but even a weather shock. Yeah, I the weather. Where is... <laughs> I could not cope with the weather. I was in a very small town, and uh, things just. Uh, but it helped me study, I think, because okay. I stayed out of trouble. I know. What town yeah, was that? But um, somewhere Peoria, if I'm oh, not Peoria. mistaken. Oh, Peoria. Okay. Yeah, Peoria. It's not too far yeah. from where we are. Because a lot of us Zambians are in the northwest suburbs, so it's a little closer to that. I mean, not close, close, but about one and a half hours to two hours drive. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So apart from apart from it being a culture shock, there was also the weather. I didn't do too well with the weather. The winters are <laughs> quite hot. I know. Well, that's the reason why the best time to come to America is in the cold season. So you get used to it. By the time it's summertime, <laughs> you like you bring it on, like bring it on. <laughs> okay. All right. So how did you get? How did you get in? Oh, okay. How did you get into uh, agriculture? Because that marries into uh, what you went to school for. How did you get into agriculture? And yeah. Now before before I left before I left Zambia before I left mm-hmm. Zambia for school, I was mm-hmm. always um thinking that if we were always spending time we we were growing tobacco at that time, mm-hmm. so I was in the farm. I was always during the school holidays or spend time at the farm. I remember some incidences where I would even cry to get to the city <laughs> because. Um, I just felt, I don't know, I felt, I, I felt that to guide me. And uh, I remember my uncle would always say, okay, whoever needs to get a coin or something like that, you know, get yeah. in the car. The next thing I see, we're heading off to the farm and we were <laughs> on the road back. So, and the whole trip would be basically tears. What I was crying about, it's only now that I realize. <laughs> you appreciate it now. I think it's an attachment. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I appreciate it. That's good. I grew up yeah, on a so farm myself. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Lusaka West. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What were you, you were growing something or? Come again? What What were you doing on the farm? What was the main day of the farm? Oh, uh, you know what? It was a commercial farm. So we had, uh, of course, the animals, and then we grew every crop that you can think of in in Zambia. We grew it all. Um, it was a very productive farm. The only thing I know I regret living on the farm is the snakes. I'm not very good at <laughs> snakes. Are not my friends. So yeah, snakes are not my friends. So I had a hard time. I have a hard time even now when I go home because I have to wear boots and stuff to go into the woods. But anyway, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm sure yeah. that's a challenge for a lot of people. But you, who's in agriculture, I'm sure you go into like um, the deep, 
the deep forest of Zambia and it's nothing for you? I mean, it's a, <laughs> we've had the experience of, uh, you know, seeing snakes. But I think now I take it most of the time, like over the past week, snake. by the time I realized I had already run over the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you, 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 get, you get used to it. But one thing I've noticed on the farm, when you're touring the farm, unless mm-hmm. you're actually in the home, you don't even yeah. see them. Oh, you won't you see them. The orchard, you pass through the orchard. You don't see. I mean, it takes like sometimes it's well, knock on wood. It will take maybe about ten months for me to see another snake. But there it is. Well, I'll take <laughs> yeah. you on that. If I it's come to Zambia and I see a snake, I I'll come after you. So yeah. So in terms so of agriculture, I, I, do you have do you have uh, I'm so sorry there's a little delay so that's why the conversation is is overlapping. There's a little delay in the okay, conversation. Okay. So sometimes when I ask a question then I find out that you're still talking. So pardon me, I'm Actually. not talking over you. It's just uh yeah, there's an overlap in the conversation. So um no, I wanted to know if um in terms of agriculture in Zambia, do you have any youth that have gone into agriculture? And what challenges are they facing as Zambian youth? Because you remember I told you I grew up on a farm, and you did too. So our parents are the ones who were like hands-on on it. Um, I remember too an incident where we were punished. Not really punished, it's not a good word. My father thought we were very lazy. So he told us that, hey, okay, can you weed the, you know, the the, the crops? And for each line, yeah. you get something like $2. So we got on it, all okay. of us were weeding and weeding and weeding, and we went back to him like, you know, 10 times 15. And then we said, oh, we're done. Can we now get paid? He's like, you're very foolish. So you want me <laughs> to pay you for your own land? <laughs> so now I know that you know how to do this. So it was so funny. We hated him for a minute, but we realized he was teaching us a lesson. So what are the challenges that you yeah. are having? Okay. Um, yes, like you're saying, you put it quite all right. Uh, being on a farm is full of experiences. Um, but uh, I have one thing that I look at most of the time. I say uh, the children of farmers. Mm-hmm. should not actually go through the same torture the farmers went through, like our folks went through. They you know, to get land. It was really something for them. It was really hard. Now for yeah. us, and the youth, actually the youth, we have to look at it in a different manner to say, look, uh, it's not about now getting the land. Now it's making use and maximizing that little uh, piece of land or uh, title that you have. Now, mm-hmm. the challenges come in this way. Yeah. The youth do own land. We're interested in saying they do have land, but mm-hmm. they do not have the correct sentiments. They do not have the right know-how. They do not have the entrepreneurial skills because uh, mm-hmm. farming does require a bit of patience. Yeah. I, I know we've been doing some certain things we've done them maybe for the past 10 years. And if somebody yeah. comes and looks, you might think we are, we are just going in a circle. 
And <laughs> I'll give you an example of the kids. And the kids that we have on the farm, uh-huh. they've been there for years. I mean, this, the tea cover is so excellent at, uh, on uh-huh. one farm that uh, we look at it and say, look, this is for the future. And it uh-huh. actually rains in that area. In good rain. It might not rain in town, but it will rain in that area. Then here comes somebody, uh, well, young, comes and cuts the big, the largest tree and makes charcoal. Yeah. I don't blame them for uh, having uh, to look that way, but I also say, look, it's uh, not an entrepreneurial spirit. The youth do not have, uh, they don't have a proper guidance or direction. So, so um, it, not to ask, but I mean, this is just out of curiosity. Are they like loans that they can get from the government? How are they sustaining themselves financially? Is uh, it passed uh, on wealth? Is it like is it passed on wealth, or it's things that they are starting from scratch as the millennials? Um, they, when we look at the. This is the major part of the, what they're doing as youth mm-hmm. on the farm. They do get the experience, like, you know, it's a strong experience from their folks or whoever was working the farm before them. But then the problem is the times have changed now. You yeah. might say, well, look, uh, let's do it the way we used to do it, draft and just uh, power and all that. But this time, you're looking at growing, the population has changed. You're not going to grow uh, certain hectares. You have to increase it. For that increment, you need to mechanize your farm. Now, how do okay. you mechanize your farm? When you look around now, mm-hmm. if you go to a banking institution, they'll tell you yeah. you need six months banking with them. Wow. You, you bank with them six months before you qualify for that certain program. And then okay. when you look at uh, the small financing institutions, you find the interest rates are 33 plus. Percent mm-hmm. on what you borrow, so it doesn't look lucrative. It doesn't. It doesn't really inspire anything. But we look at uh, things like the Economic Empowerment Commission. We mm-hmm. do interact with them as an uh, as a cooperative. But mm-hmm. for the past, I think two uh, application periods, none of the people that we applied for have ever gotten anything. So wow. I, I mean, I'm looking at them as they're disabled. So. Imagine it's, it's somebody who is just okay. We did apply yeah, uh, for people to go for training, but it's all, you know, it, it looks rosy on the outside, but when it comes on the ground, it's it doesn't really... work out that way. Okay, so for, yeah, for so, the uh, people that are listening to you, um, can you tell us a little bit about your company? Like, what does it stand for? Like, do you just work with youth? Or you have other projects that you do on your personal level? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I I had I don't know why I think I'm going to be I, I'll be I'll try to cut through. Yeah, because, you can. Um, I feel like anyone who's been outside exposed and comes back here, back home. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are a lot of ideas. You, okay. you 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 start believing that you can actually tell anything. You can actually do the you just say I work until the day I, I just I leave it there. Mm-hmm. So that is the same attitude that I think. But uh, 
when I came here, I first went on the ground, then I went into the mine. I went to work on the copper belt. So I got to learn a bit of the copper belt. I traveled a lot to Wapuna, uh, Eastern. Mm-hmm. I've been around traveling. I got an opportunity with the mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I noticed is that uh, with us as, uh, how do you, as young people, mm-hmm. we tend to want something quick. Yeah. <laughs> now, why I'm connecting that is that uh, I didn't know that uh, after so many years since I left uh, the United States, I mm-hmm. ended up working for an organization that looks at the I've never dreamt about it. I, yeah. So now I'm looking at persons living with albinism. I was mm-hmm. uh, just recently elected countrywide. Uh, we yeah. had a board meeting. They elected me as the vice. So I'm actually just the second uh, from the chairman. Congratulations. Countrywide. So I, I, which one? I said congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me just tell you about using multi-purpose cooperatives of Zambia, or cooperatives, okay. because um, this organization was established in 2017, and mm-hmm. basically it's straightforward for persons with albinism, PWAs, as we call them now, they're no longer yeah. called albino. I noticed that I was, I was, I was recommended by the chairman He's not mm-hmm. just the introduction. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> so, I know, right? Uh, this representation <laughs> focuses mainly on acting as we are the main voice in all spheres of life. So we have to make sure that uh, uh, social, economic, financial, um, all the sectors, and we just work around that. And where they are marginalized and stigmatized, we have to make sure that that's the end. So we okay. are we are affiliated with ZAPID, Zambia Agency for Persons with Disability. We mm-hmm. are affiliated with uh, ZAPOD, Zambia Federation mm-hmm. of Disability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what we bring to the table is that we are one organization that does not rely on or does not depend on handouts. I see. When you come to your office and you talk to my chairman, he talk to we don't want the word assist. We want empowerment. That's great. So, yeah, it was. It was. So I think you noticed that. Um, that is what. I think that is where most people feel. Um, we are an organization where we drive ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we, in our in our structure, we do not have, uh, let's say, salaries. There's no salary. Yeah. It's what you put in. You have to make sure you work, and you, you, the way we work, we have to make sure that uh, by the end of the day, uh, we have made an impact in terms of getting the the voices of the uh, PWA heard. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know what I want. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm just amazed by the things that you guys are doing because. I mean, right now, the most Zambian you can you can ask this question. They they'll just random question. They'll tell you they are into like uh, youth empowerment for you guys to do 
you know, to major with uh, disability, that's really great because that's something that people miss, you know. Um, yes. You're just empowering the whole Zambia. It doesn't matter what their status is. That's really great. I really like no. that. Thank you. Uh, sure. Maybe I should add this. Really, this time when we had uh, we had this uh, COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think I'll be happy to tell you that the persons with albinism as an organization actually took a step forward before everyone. Wow. We actually started doing the disinfection in town. Oh, actually no. talking yeah. about uh, the times when we. We drive here. Yeah, when we drive in town, they actually call the vehicle COVID one. So we, it's it's something that we, we just said look, uh, as an organization, mm-hmm. let, we are not we're not always getting. Yeah. Let's give back to the community. And for now, I think so far, if you looked at the statistics in terms of COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. I think trauma is still lagging. To yeah. me, we were just hearing rumors, oh, well, there's one case, there's two cases. But when we started with trauma, when all mm-hmm. the towns now started picking up, especially on the southern side. So you had Kalomo come in, Livingston started spraying, Kalomo mm-hmm. came in. So I think for now, we, we, feel, we feel kind of happy that we did yeah. make a proactive step towards that here. Good. All right. That's very encouraging. So now, if we have some young people listening and they want to go into this, you know, like venture, what is um, the capital looking at? Like how much approximately base can one start with to get into this um, project? If they want to start with some money to get into it, yeah. Okay, now to get into which project, Irene? It can be uh, maybe milk production or okay. you're just like, uh, do you do? Do you have any ideas about fish farming? Yes. Yeah, things like that, because those are, those are the questions a lot of people are asking, like, how, could, how can I get into fish farming? If I did, what's my capital going to look like? What can I start with? And and where can I go to ask questions for training? If I want to go into milk production, how do I go about it? Those are the questions that I need. If you can't answer me all of them right now, you you can find a way of emailing it to us. Then later we can share with our youth that are interested in this. But if you can just give us maybe a, a sentence of soya, just to enlighten them so they know what they're looking at. Okay, I'll give you. Uh, uh, thanks for that question. I'll give you a brief on cassava. Okay. You know, I think you that that's an example yeah. because that is what we're harvesting currently. Okay. So cool. now the cassava crop is actually mm-hmm. a crop that the Benin Multipurpose Cooperative of Zambia is actually growing. Okay. And we have a management. We have we are doing the management, we're doing the harvesting. We're doing. We have a cooperative shop in town, where we have a distribution center. So if we're taking cassava to Lusaka or taking cassava mm-hmm. to Mazaboka, mm-hmm. and the cooperative shop. Now, mm-hmm. what we're doing this year, we decided to have what we call small or outcroppers. 
smallholder or outcropper or outgrower. So that would mean in certain instances we've identified cooperatives, we've identified uh, youth clubs, we are empowering them with seed. That is the okay. cassava seed. Mm -hmm. um, I'll empower you with a cassava seed. We expect a return. A return. Of about maybe 20%. Yeah, there's okay. a return cool. on, yeah, yeah, 20% on the harvest. Oh, okay. Now, that one, on the, yeah, on the harvest, we discovered now that the youth that we're dealing with, let's say in mm -hmm. certain regions, they didn't have land. Mm -hmm. So we went, we sat down, we went to the drawing board, and then we went to talk to the House of Chiefs. Oh. As I'm talking to you now, we have land. We have land in Purple, We have land in Tetsi. We have land in uh, Eastern. It's nice. Chief actually agreed to allocate some land to persons with albinism and the disabled. Oh, nice. We lobbied for that until it, it actually happened. So oh my we are goodness. going as much as we're getting land to a tune of maybe 500, 500 mm -hmm. acres in places. Mm -hmm. Which I think now uh, we are eager now to to look at the youth clubs and tell them look, like the youth clubs I was talking about, they already have land from the headmen and the yeah. chief. After we prompted that, they've been allocated land. So what do they remain with now? It's uh, actually now to plow the land. I see. That is where the only problem is coming in. Okay. So yeah. if one had, because I'm from Northwestern, so cassava is our, my thing. Uh, I eat cassava <laughs> even here. <laughs> I eat cassava, uh -oh. shima even here. So I'm very Northwestern all the way, hardcore. So if somebody had to go into like cassava production, is it sustainable for a long term go in terms of wealth? Um. Yes, because uh, one thing that you should notice, like let's say for other regions, I'll, I'll speak for the region for now because of the drought. Mm -hmm. the, the weather pattern definitely has changed. Okay. You, you yeah. used to have so much maize. I mean, uh, uh, most of the time that when we're going out, we actually go and we're teaching agribusiness. Mm -hmm. One thing we notice in all our meetings is that when you're talking to the farmers, you ask them or the youth group, you say, look, you've been growing maize for so long. Yeah. What, how much do you make in a hectare of maize? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that ever since we started training, no one has ever given me a correct answer. And most of them will <laughs> tell you, well, there's no profit in maize. We're doing it because our forefathers did it. Yeah. So to break that barrier, what we are telling them is that, okay, go ahead. You can grow maize for, for com, as a commercial crop. Mm -hmm. We have to give you something that you can use as a food, um, food supplement, just yeah. for um, security, food security, basically. Mm -hmm. So cassava is one of them. And then what okay. we are doing as a cooperative, we're not only talking, but we're harvesting, we're uh -huh. processing it in two millimeters. And then uh, it's just, just about uh, two weeks old into making food stuff some cake for the cassava meal. Okay. All right. That's yeah. very, very so, good. Uh, so, so, 
For a person who wants to invest, let's say somebody wants to invest in a cassava uh, crop, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, of course it's a long term. Mm-hmm. What we are what we are growing now is a nine month crop, which is maturing yeah, here at eleven you. months. I think because of the climate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an okay. eleven month, nine to eleven month uh, period or an investment. For you so to see right the... now we're distributing Okay. So For now you to start harvesting it. Okay. Do you have like certain regions in, in Zambia that has uh produces better cassava or it doesn't matter where you buy your farm? Like say for example somebody will say like I'm looking at the land right now, it's in Choma. Um and I mm-hmm. want to do cassava. I don't know anything about the Choma region in terms of farming. So do I have to, like, consider the fact that, uh, uh, you know, cassava is mostly grown in the north, northern province, northwestern province? If I do it in, in the southern province, it won't take off the way I want to, or it doesn't matter where you grow it? Look, um, it doesn't matter. I, 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 it's a lot of questions. But uh, look, we, 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 right now, I'll tell you what is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to northern province, mm-hmm. you start seeing now cattle. You start seeing mm-hmm. a lot of cattle, a lot of goats, basically. Yeah. When you come down to eastern province, you start seeing a lot of maize. Eastern province is actually pushing to the area, almost taking over. Mm-hmm. So each region, it looks like we are becoming now elevated because even the cassava, we have put up a crop of 20 hectares. And, and, and head of in the southern province. But it's there. Yeah. And when we process it, most of the uh, the, the masters who are going to the Paka or who are going to the you North, they mm-hmm. now come in to buy from here. So it's giving them a bit of, you know, it's and now when you come into Choma, you find everywhere there's cassava. Everyone is selling board or whatever it is. It's no longer... Yeah. You have to wait for yeah. So I think mm-hmm. for that, on that point where you 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 mentioned to say region wise, yeah. As a cooperative, we have offices in. We have some people actually in all the ten provinces we are represented. Cool. So we have a headquarters in the southern. We have some people in uh, western in northwestern. We have some people in western. Mm-hmm. The project that we established here, let's say you establish a farm in Tawesi, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can still get the seed from here, take it to Tawesi, in the same condition. When you get that 20%, give it to the organization there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, regional-wise, I think we're looking, we're just looking at which projects can work. Like I know the, the group that's in Northwest, you know, we're talking about pineapple, Processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pineapple, yeah. They probably, yeah, yeah. So they will probably require maybe small, a small canning thing, uh, yeah. a small canning factor, canning equipment. Mm-hmm. For us here in Southern Province, last year we were doing uh, uh, tomato, pickle, garlic addition. We were making ketchup, oh. we were making juice. So according to what, because we saw the waste in tomato, so yeah. we started working towards 
Our goal is to just make sure that every time we work out, because we have to give, uh, we have to give free glasses, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. We have to give eye care. We have yeah. to give sunscreen lotion. So we oh, have to sit and say, well, we're going to wait for somebody to bring a handout. It won't work. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. So before we take a break, because uh, after this I'll ask my colleagues if they have any questions. My last question for you, but I'll come yeah. back again, is how can the Zambians in the diaspora help? How can we come in and help? Because I know you guys are doing a tremendous good job, and I'm really proud of being Zambian right now. But how can we help us, us who are here? Like, what can we do to help? Okay. Now, I will say two words to avoid help and assist. <laughs> okay. Uh, help and assist, both of them. That was, that was, <laughs> that was my chairman. <laughs> How, help and assist. How can we work together? <laughs> okay. All right. Do you want to? Okay. I'll reword it. How can we, how can us who are in the diaspora work with you? How can we work together? Perfect. So you can actually you can partner with the cooperative because mm. so there are things that we, we we have as an advantage. One of them is uh, the the duty aspect. Okay. By virtue that we are an NGO and we're looking at persons with disabilities, the persons with disabilities once a person gets a card, a disability mm-hmm. card, they can get away with a few things. One of them is it vehicle without duty. That is actually a law. So there are a lot of things that we can actually uh, synergize. I know most of the, uh, the things that we're talking about were empowering the youth. How do we empower the youth? We do have uh, certain things there that we feel uh, can empower youth. Let's say maybe yeah. even a sewing machine or yeah. I would say um, used, used tools because do not even have two boxes for these youth. That is the major challenge that I was talking about. The college the the excellent training. Like the coming month, we mm-hmm. told just after this COVID period, the the Netherlands government has sponsored some program to train youth. Yeah. I mean this is such a nice program that they're going to train any youth between the age of eighteen. I don't know why they chose 18, but 18 and 35. Now, so the Netherlands, when I looked at the perspective. Yeah. They're yeah. coming to train the youth in Zambia? Yes. And they're going, it, to provide, um, they're going to train. They're going to, okay. they're going to provide the funding for the oh, training. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a so free training. So what we'll do is, well, let's say, yes, it's going to be a free training. Okay, cool. Now, when somebody gets training, let's say in beekeeping, because I noticed there was beekeeping on that list, there's a lot of other programs in the list. There's fish farming, beekeeping. Yes, they'll get empowered. They will learn in terms of empowerment. But then what you do, you have to look for a source of income so that you can get the beehives. I mean, the bee, yeah, the, the, the actual beehives are maybe 250 yeah, yeah. So. If, if you get the training, but post-training, mm-hmm. how do you go about to go back in society and make a difference? 
that is the way the question mark comes in. So the persons in uh, persons actually who are diaspora, we look at how do we empower the youth who has already been trained. Previously, empower somebody who's already been trained because the expectations are known. It's mm-hmm. a financial empowerment, so we need to give back to whoever is being whoever is bringing the empowerment. Yes, I see. Yeah, okay. I, I would have started talking about the milk empowerment, the fishing, <laughs> but I, I'm also doing some fish, so I just kept my cool. <laughs> and no, that's okay. And you know, because we don't have a lot of time, I'm going to ask my colleagues if. Uh, Maybe we can do this segment again because there's a lot of questions that we have to to ask, and I think yes. we are crunched with time. But I had to ask the ones that are were, were very important to uh, the listeners. So we're gonna go on a little break, and then I'll circle back with you. Let me find out from my colleagues if there's any other questions that they need us to address. Give me a minute, okay? okay. Like how cold is it in Zambia when I know it's really cold? 
I'm torturing you because it's summertime over here. Oh, is it? Yes. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually almost like 100 degrees outside. Oh. Yes, it's really hot. In that's Chicago, a, that is. Pleasant, yeah? That's in Chicago. Oh. I don't know about other states. I don't know. Noah, what's the weather like in Indianapolis? Noah? Well, I think he's not online. Anyway, doesn't matter. I love the cold okay. season. So I'm the most lame Zambian. I love the cold season. So I come to Zambia in like June, July, and everybody's freezing. I'm just feeling good. I can't stand the heat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, Clever. So what is your specialty in uh, in this whole thing in your project? Which one? Which area are you um, are you more leaning towards in terms of telling me a little bit about it? Is it the milk production? Is it um, we talked about a whole bunch of things? And I think um, Mutinta wanted to talk about the fish farming as well if we have time. But if we don't, can you tell me a little bit about milk production? Because I think I have. Somebody who just texted me, they bought a farm in uh, in uh, Palavana, and they want to go into milk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in Palavana. They want to start like a, a milk production project. So I'm not sure how to answer that. I said, okay. hey, let me talk to the expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um the milk production in Zambia is uh, one of the uh, value chain, which is complete. Okay. Because uh, we have the producer at the uh, other end, and we have the red to take up the market, the off-taker mm-hmm. ready to take the market. So it's basically concentrated around the the line, the line of red from this, uh the copper belt to the southern okay. province. Okay. Yeah, that's where the most of it. Of course, we have other places which are non-traditional, and mm-hmm. which are a bit outskirts, but this mm-hmm. is where the concentration is. So we have got major buyers who are the off takers like uh, uh, Balloon, which is yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We have uh, Amalat, which is now called Lactare. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, uh, Trade Kings. They go they're trading under the name of Dairy God. We okay. have Finta, and we have Dairy King. Let's so see. Um, all these, yeah. Of course, we have the small, small people around buying milk here and there. But these are the major processors in the dairy industry in Zambia. So, okay, I think his question. He just sent. Sorry. Whilst you're answering that, let me tell you what he asked so that you can infuse it in that. He said, "How much? Mm-hmm. How much does it take to purchase one cow um, for milking or something like that?" I think that's what she. Yeah, that's his question. Like, how how much can you All right. buy a cow mm-hmm. that can be used for milking? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. You cannot. This is the price because the pricing depends on the breed of the animal. Okay. So, for example, the Frasier, 
which will give, which will give you for more milk. Mm-hmm. It's about right now about eighteen to twenty thousand quarters. Okay. That's Zambian quarter. Then we have the J. Of course, Zambian quarter. Dollars, I'll be like, you know what? Forget this farming business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you have then the which is also very common. Gold okay. is about seventeen to eighteen thousand quarter. Okay. Okay. And then we have the 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 close breed. We have the crossbreed, yeah. which is a, a, made the cross to the traditional animal uh-huh. with um, the improved one, made the pure breed. So it's okay. a cross. So you have yeah. it around maybe from 10 to 15,000 questions. So the crossbreeds are a little cheaper. They are a little cheaper because of their production is lower than these pure so what did they get? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to give you the overview of what happened. Yeah. So the major buyer of all this uh, dairy, the milk, the raw milk, is the Lactaris. They have invested so much, but we have a new uh, processor right now, mm-hmm. uh, Dairy God or Trade King, who are now uh, from our research. They are. They are offering a good um, price per liter, and we expect more from them. So as the Albanese Cooperative, these are the people we, we are engaging. But also engage Pamela uh, to get more information on how we can be in the value chain. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. So... Um now, uh, what what are the questions? Now, you threw me off because you're telling me all these things, and this person is texting me because he's listening through. Um, I think okay. with the milk production, I think I got that. I will talk to him on, uh, you know, separately when I'm done with this. Um, so what kind of equipment, what kind of equipment can one, does one need to start uh the milk production. I think he's trying to go into this milk production. He hasn't bought the cows yet, but he has acquired the land. So he doesn't know, like, what kind of uh, infrastructures you're supposed to have on the land and the equipment you need for for you to have a, a successful production. Just briefly, because I All think right. we have, like, eight minutes it. to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Um the first thing uh, one needs, of course, is the animals. But mm. the most important thing is you have to know: Do I am I going to prove to be what we call an uh, emergent farmer? It mm-hmm. means if you are an emergent farmer or a dairy producer, you can bulk up milk, so you need a bulk tank, a cooling tank, yeah, which is functional with a compressor. You also need buckets and milk cans. You can okay. also uh, bringing the milk uh, milking machine to ease up your milking process. A simple milking machine, which you can run from one end to another, but okay. very expensive. But but what if you want to incorporate yourself to the existing cooperatives? You don't need backing tank. All you need are milk cans and buckets. Okay. And maybe a milking machine to help you milk the milk. 
from the animal and then transport it to the cooperative center, which has already the, uh, like in Paravana, they already have the, the bulk center. So you can bulk in as a cooperator. But there are, these are basically two options. You can be a cooperator or you can be on your own as an emergent farmer. Bulk in your own tank. Then depends on how much volume you do. If you are doing more than 1,000 in two days, it means the processor can easily pick up your meat from your farm. Okay, I see. Yeah. So um, let's let's see if we can have a question for from the people that are listening in. I know most of them were texting me, but if you have if we have anybody online that would ask um, Clever and Mutinta any questions that we did not take care of, please do so. We have like five minutes to go. Any questions? Sundays are shy. Oh, Charles, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not a real question. I'm just, just really uh, uh, want to commend the, the job that uh, uh, they are doing over there in Zambia. So I think that's very impressive, and um, they are very useful information, and that's very encouraging to other youth, uh, to, to youth to take up uh, ventures like that, or just even uh, you know other folks like me that would like an insight in uh, the agribusiness. So good, good job for everything you're doing. I think we need so much more of that. All right, thank you yeah. so much, Charles. Uh, uh, yeah, again, yeah. this is just a copy. Uh, 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 do I Oh, my God. Go ahead. Clever, go yeah, ahead. I think right. there was Noah yeah. who wanted to say wanted something, to... but go ahead, and then Noah can talk after. All right, then. I wanted to, to say this to Charles. Um, as much as there's so much work which has been done, we still have a vacuum. A lot of work really needs to be done. We need to put up more centers to get, uh, to get more milk into the value chain. Most of the milk uh, is basically not passing through the value chain because they are, we don't have uh, enough bulking centers around. Okay, so more work is still to be done, even when this much work is still going on. Okay. All right, thank you so much for that answer. Mr. Noah, you wanted to ask something? No, it's not necessarily a question, but just to a comment, a statement. Uh, we thank you, gentlemen. And just to ask No, your call is a little blurry. I don't know where you are. Noah? Hello? Anyway, hello, uh, Clever, can you hear me? Okay, so we have so we have two minutes. Noah was trying to say something, but I think he's in a place where the reception is really bad. So we only have a minute to go. I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on this show. 
This was very, very informative. Like I said, I'm looking at the land in Choma, and I'm really interested. So, Mutinta, I'll take you up on that okay. because you live in Choma. Um, otherwise, I'm really, really proud of what you guys are doing. We are proud of you for what you're doing for the youth and uh, the disabled. And then uh, every day is Father's Day. I started with Happy Father's Day. I got messed up. I thought it was Father's Day. But every day is Father's Day, so happy <laughs> Father's Day to you guys. And I wish you all the best, wow. and I want you guys to come back on the air because I think there's a, a lot of questions that we would want to ask you. And I'm pretty sure our people will ask us questions and say, you know, how was the show, and give them a feedback, and maybe we'll, we'll ask you back on the show. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. 